This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. <laughs> Playing the tape is a way to stay clean, you play the tape when you feel like getting out of yourself and getting into substance. Play the tape and go to a meeting, go for a walk, or call a friend. That doesn't mean looking back and feeling shame, guilt, and regret. You will learn to forgive yourself first. It means don't forget that for us, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. It can be really simple when we break it down. And that is what Belle is here to do. This is how Belle and many others before her have gotten and stayed clean and sober. Her book, Play the Tape, is for the addict prone to relapse, the people still in active addiction, and those new to recovery. Follow the steps she did, and you can do it too. You can be the best version of yourself. Valeria interviews Belle Motley. She's the author of Play the Tape, Five Simple Ways to Help You Stay Clean and Sober One Day at a Time. Recovery from the addiction of drugs and alcohol is possible. Belle has had an interesting life, to say the least. She has always been guided by spirit, but it wasn't until her mother's passing that she became fascinated by angel numbers. Many signs were sent to her, with numbers being the most prominent. Belle aims to share her wisdom and experience to help others flourish on their spiritual journeys. Prior to this, Belle lost her way. She was taught morals and faith as a child and grew into a young adult with big dreams. She created a good life and achieved many goals. However, there came a point where life got complicated, as it does for most. This led to active addiction, and everything she had built was quickly lost, including almost her life. Fortunately, she was blessed to find recovery, which led her out of the darkness and into her spiritual awakening. Now, Belle utilizes the power of the universe to manifest all her dreams and goals. She listens to her dreams and pays attention to signs, which has led her on a beautiful journey of abundance and fulfillment. She aims to help others find the path that will lead to harmony, peace, healing, and purpose in their lives. Regardless of the name, the universe, God, higher power, and source energy have big plans for everyone. You are loved. Meet Belle at bellmotley.com. Here's the interview with Belle Motley. In your own words, who is Belle Motley? Um, I think that's a tricky question because I don't think that we are our name, right? Mm. Um, I would say that I'm, I am. I also believe that the the words you use after I am are very powerful. Um, so I would say that I'm love. I am. I'm someone that's here to try and help others grow in any way I can. And um, I've had a lot of experiences myself, and I like to share those lessons I've learned from those experiences um, for others that are going through similar situations. Right. That's beautiful. So the question that comes to mind, the second question is connected to what you just said, or part of it, of the things you said. How do you describe love? What is love to you? I think that we're all connected and we all come from the same place. We're all one. And so we should treat each other equally with kindness. Um, I, I think love is, is, is something that we share and that we is within us, right? And I think that some of the, the things that happen in the world can, 
can kind of taint that. But if we look within and we, you know, we try to remember that we are connected, we are all one and treat each other well, then we're going to, you know, grow and and share that love. Um, yeah, love is just is a beautiful thing. And it's something we all are. We all come from the same place. We all begin with love and things in life happen. And that can make, you know, that difficult, but we can always come back to it. Yes, that's a beautiful answer. Yeah, the interconnectedness is one reality that we all share, essentially, fundamentally, yes. The interesting thing, I get that a lot. I remember I had the question myself when I started on the spiritual path, going deeper into it, this idea of oneness. I remember kind of um, repeating that idea, that concept, because it sounded really good. Yes, we're all one. But then I realized that, wait a minute, we are one, but there must be something that we are not able to easily identify or recognize because most of us have this perception, which is really is understandable, that we are different, that we are unique because of the bodies. We have different bodies, different minds. So how do you, uh, I guess the question is, how do you, make sense of that how do you see this idea of oneness but at the same time how do you make sense of the uniqueness of everything that doesn't seem to be one or doesn't feel that's one yeah i think it's like removing that separateness um and and remembering that like we we all came from the same place we all share the same core values right and the core like it's it's kind of hard to put into words um but i think that i think that if we keep remembering we keep focusing on gratitude on the things that we're grateful for you know the world that we're in and our bodies are just vessels right mm. our souls yeah. are all connected um we do have unique traits for sure and i think that's you know important for us to grow and to help each other uh by using our strengths but um, at, at the very core, we're, we're all souls that come from the same place. We're all one. Mm. Yes, it, it, that's the fundamental truth. That's one essence for everything, one reality, right? That's something that I, just, uh, I have no doubt about it, none. But it's interesting. For me, has been the recognition of that, the realization of that oneness, of that essence. And then another thing establishing the body-mind in that reality. That has been a practice for me um, because right. it's not easy to, let's say for the body-mind, the human body-mind, to kind of witness violence and unfairness and injustice and kind mm-hmm. of love that. I don't think it's possible, really. Now, Belle, for me, it has been, it's okay not to like, the behavior and how bodies and minds, uh, let's say, interact with this reality in one another. But yeah. it's the love, it's there, of course. If somebody who just killed somebody else, did something horrible, was suffering, mm-hmm. I would be the first one to help. If I was the only one there or the only available person, of course, that would go out of the window. The, 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 the prejudice that the person did something wrong. So that's when I know that the realization is here. But then when I'm separate from like situations like the the war between Russia and Ukraine recently that has been going on actually. So that's really not an easy one for the for the human mind to understand, to embrace. Definitely. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think that um, you know, we're all born the same the same way. We're all born with love. We don't have hate in our hearts. Uh, but but even people that do these horrible things, um, there there must be a reason, right? Mm. There's got to be something that's happened in their life to bring them to do something like this, mm. right? So I, yeah. I still have love for them um, yes. uh, as much as you don't like it. Right. That's a beautiful message and insightful one too. So would you say that has been my, the reason why I ended up in the spiritual path pretty much my entire life, trying to find the truth and answers. 
because of the suffering that I went through myself as a child, all the abuse, the violence. And then I could not understand those things. I, was, I had to leave the situation, of course, when I was able to. And then the question was, why did they act that way? My own father and mother, that really didn't make sense for so long. But then now it's very clear to me, it's exactly what you said. Something happened to them. And that something has to do with that feeling of separation from the divine, not knowing that they are divine, that they are one with God or with the universe, with life. I know it sounds very simple, but this is how I see it now. Any, that's how I make sense of the suffering in the world, of the unnecessary suffering, especially. That there has been from that mistake, this, uh, let's say, denial, the ignorance, really, in a sense of ignoring what is true. So would you say that this is something that resonates with you too, the disconnection with the divine? A hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and it sometimes, I mean, and I pray for all those people um, that they, that they find themselves again, that they, that they realize that they are connected and that there is, you know, they have a higher self that they, um, that they are God. Like they're part of that. We're all, we're all part of God, right? Like, that's how we were created. And I think, and I pray that everybody gets that point. And I think that sometimes suffering does happen for us to grow, right? It, that I've told you have been through, and you know, a lot of us have been through things in life. And, and I pray that they are all able to find, find the light and to connect with, with the divine, like you say. And, and it's possible, it's possible for anybody. Absolutely agree. It is possible. And I really believe that the direction that we are going, all of us, because it's almost like, I know you just mentioned suffering being the catalyst of deeper understandings and was certainly my case and so many other people that I talk to. But I also see suffering being inevitable. It's almost like when we, once we, we think, when we think that we are disconnected, we believe that, that we are disconnected from our infinite, our limitless nature, then of course, suffering, it's about to happen. <laughs> it's bound to happen in any moment and all the time, actually. It's almost like, you know what came to me now? It's like taking a fish, the fish itself kind of jumping out of the water and trying to survive in land. Right. And you think, exactly. think what's going to happen. It's not your nature. It is not your environment. So yeah. eventually we'll lose the body. It will lose its, uh, its body. Yes, great. I love that. Yeah, it just came to me now because that's what it feels like. And one of the things that it kind of saddens me is that it takes so long. It was my case too. It takes. It took so long to go, to return to it. It's like fish that's out of the water for so long. And then before it loses the body, it, it kind of realizes, wait a minute, my, my environment is it's the water and then goes back to it. And then it survives. But then I see that a lot of people lose the body. They actually die without realizing this. And that is sad, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, but there are a lot of people. And like you said, it is happening more and more where people are finding their, mm. that we are connected and they're finding themselves. And yeah. yeah, and it's beautiful. So there is, you know, it's sadness. But, but I do see like a change in the yeah. world. Um, or maybe it's myself in it, um, my <laughs> yes. <world>. but, <laughs> that but um, you know, maybe that's yes. where, where I'm seeing it. Maybe I'm, but you know, your perspective changes too, as you grow mm, Yes, and you start to see the beauty more. <laughs> that is so true. I guess the sadness is like the, the body, mind longing to kind of celebrate this interconnectedness, interconnectedness, this a divine essence that's here now with other people. And that's why I host this podcast, you know, write my books and I do what I do because this is the only really um, interest I have when it comes to celebrating, being truly joyful and in that sense of peace. It comes from that flavor of the divine, of the essence. Ah, oh, it's here now in a, and I'm able to talk about it. How wonderful, huh? <laughs> I yeah. guess that's the, where the sadness comes because I can't talk to some of my family members and my neighbors and some of my friends. I yeah. guess that's, I, yeah, that's a personal I, thing, I guess. <laughs> I completely relate. And it's one of those things where you like, you, you want to, um, you want to 
help people get it, right? You yes. almost want to like yeah. shake it into them, but yeah. at the same time, <laughs> yes. we're all on a different path. We're all mm. on our own journey. And all we can do is plant the seed and yeah. and pray and that they find it. And you know, I've seen it happen so many times though, um, where wow. where the light goes off in a sense and people just, you know, they start to find their way in the like the Facebook group I've created. Um I see it every day. People are like, wow, yes, this is what I needed, right? They're like, I think we all crave it. Like you said, we, we want to go home yes. to the water, right? Yes, and, yes. Um, and so I think that once they find it, it's like this enlightenment. And, mm, uh, right. Beautiful. So right. beautiful. It is. It is. Um, it's wonderful to know that you are witnessing that around you. I talk to a lot of people who sound very much enlightened to me, like yourself. Lots of them. Well, those are big numbers, but the people, mm-hmm. the close, the closest people to me, and maybe that's why sometimes it feels like sad because I wish I could talk to them openly about these things. But like you right. said, it's not something that everyone will realize in this lifetime. Yep. So, do you believe in lifetimes, actually, Belle, in reincarnation? I do. Yeah. You do. Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay, so there is hope <laughs> after this life. <laughs> I, I, do. I think so too. Like if, if somebody doesn't understand it on this, you know, in this lifetime, I believe that eventually they will. Like that's why we come here. We come here to learn lessons and to grow and to help each other. And we'll keep doing it until we get it. <laughs> yes, right. Um, with Hopefully with less suffering, right? Less and less. Exactly. So you wrote the book. This is part of our conversation today is about your book titled Play the Tape, Five Simple Ways to Help You Stay Clean and Sober One Day at a Time. Recovery from the addiction of drugs and alcohol is possible. You wrote other books. This is one book that we'll be talking about. But you also wrote The Spiritual Meaning of Numbers from the Universe with Love Spiritual Guidance, uh, two-in-one collection, spiritual coloring book with I Am Affirmations. I love coloring books. They're so relaxing. And fun. (laughs) And playful, right? (laughs) So talk to me about the main intention. Actually, the inspiration to write this latest book, Play the Tape, and the main intention behind it. Yeah. So as I had said before, I'm trying to take all the experiences and the lessons I've learned and share it with people so that they can grow as well um, and find peace and harmony in their lives. Uh, So myself, I was in active addiction for a very long time. Um, My my life began in um, with faith. Like I always believed I always had faith. and then life got hard and I stopped believing. I lost my faith. I lost my way. And I had turned to alcohol and that consumed me. And then I became physically addicted to it where I couldn't stop. And so that got really bad. And then I, I nearly died. And, and that, um, that was the moment where I went and got help. Uh, I didn't really have a choice. But um, once I was there and I was getting treatment... I I found myself again. It took a long time. I stayed for seven months, but I, I found my path again. And it was amazing. And, and I, as much as I suffered and I, I hurt people along the way, which, you know, I still, you know, that saddens me. But I am grateful for who I am today. And I'm grateful that I went through that because I wouldn't be who I am today because of it. So the book is when I when I had first decided that I wanted to get clean I didn't know where to turn. I didn't understand any of it. Uh, so I wanted to create something that more of a guide to help people understand, especially if you're new to recovery or you're uh, prone to relapse or you have family or loved ones that you want to help. So this is more of a guide to show them, you know, the ropes and how they can get better. Where to start? Yeah, how wonderful. I made a lot of notes here about the book that with content in the book. So I will be mentioning in a moment. Before that, I do have a question for you about yeah, addiction. So that's another problem. I mean, that is a consequence of that disconnection, right, Belle, that we have been talking about, the divine, this idea yeah. that we are separate from the divine. So it's incredible how addiction is something that is not, I think with any, everything else, 
Because if we still believe that we are the body, then we are just under its loss in whatever it is doing chemically. Um, you know, that includes obviously the powerful neurotransmitters and hormones, and then in whatever's in the blood. So it keeps kind of craving whatever it needs to go back to what it's familiar to to the, the organism. So I talked to a lot of people about addiction too. And I remember recently talking to somebody about who, he was actually very enlightened in a sense of spiritual understandings and realizations too, exactly that about the disconnection with, um, with God. But then he said that addiction, it was from opioids, that, that episode. And he said that, he mentioned that, it then stayed with me and I, I will never forget. It was the body. He created a program to clean the body, the blood, the body somehow. I don't know how that works exactly, but he has a whole program that you go to the hospital and you stay there for a while. And then your entire system is cleaned up or was kind of renewed or something. Maybe they, they replaced the blood. Who knows? He didn't explain the details um, for that. But do you? is that something that happens with alcohol as well? Or it's, it's different? It's not needed, the, this system cleanup? Oh, no, it's definitely needed. Um, <clears throat> that's what happens is that it, uh, your body becomes a physically, like I, I had to have it or if I didn't, if I didn't drink, I would have a seizure. Uh, wow. And, and so yeah. that is what happened. I ended up trying to stop on my own and, and that brought me to the hospital right. where they said I was, I was dying. And, um, so it, you have to detox. Yeah. Right. Body has to be safely detox. So you, so you may need to be you need to be with somebody, whether you're in the hospital um, or you're just with somebody. You, you don't want to do that alone. It's not safe. Um, but then, but yes, you have to cleanse your body, detoxify it, and then, but then it's the healing of the mind, right? So for yeah, and so you know, I talk about the twelve steps in the book and and that's what helped me is is going through what it was that caused all this right where did it be and you go back to um you know family dynamics and things like that too but you need to kind of get to the root of it so that you can start to heal and then you know find that spiritual connection and you know the, a lot of the 12 step problems uh sorry the 12 step programs some people are turned away from it because of the god uh, realization, but you know, it's the God of your understanding. And for some people, it's the universe for some people, you know, I think it's all the same, the same thing. When we look at it, it's basically a goodness, right? If, you know, if somebody goes to a meeting and, and to them, that is their higher power that right there is, is, uh, a group consciousness, right? Mm. Which is, you know, yeah. in line with, with the divine, right? We're talking about spiritual principles, Right. And being a better person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. My husband has a friend who has been on AA for, for oh, many years now. I think for over 30 years. He's a sponsor himself. And he has been working with them in that group for a long, long time. And I remember even talking to him. Oh, wow, he's 81 years old now. But I, I, I met him a year ago. And I remember asking him that question. Do you still need to go to a, you know, belong to this group? And he said yes, because he was not able to. He believe he believes that if he leaves the group, then he'll go back to alcoholism. But I, I don't know well about that. I, no, I was questioning him because he said to me, "I am." And remember what you said in the, in the very beginning of our conversation today about it's very important what we say after that. The I am. And I remember him saying that to me. I am an alcoholic. That's when I really, it didn't resonate with me. And I said to me, no, you're not. You're not an alcoholic. No, you know, you're not born this way. Um, your essence is pure, is untouched. And then, but then he would say, no, I know myself. If I, in the sense of saying, he was saying, I know my body, mind, really. He doesn't know the, the depth of himself in that sense. It was not clear to him as of now even, but yeah, he knew the body mind well, that if he was not going to the group, but to the meetings, then he would go back. Yeah, I know in your book, you, you do mention that, the detoxing and then correcting the mind, of course, uh, going back to the root cause of the addiction. 
why, how, what was the reason for drinking or doing anything? That's why it's so important to ask ourselves, right, Belle? Like, why do we do what we do? And it's anything. It's actually work anything. We can become workaholics, as you know the term. Addiction or being obsessed with anything. It's so easy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And um, I just wanted to mention, like with with your friend who says that I am an alcoholic, I think there's also a piece of surrender in that, right? When you Mm. when you admit that you are an alcoholic, it's Uh surrendering. It's 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 not holding on to that anymore. Now that you've said it, you can you can heal. Right. And I think that that is that's important for a lot of people as well. Uh But yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting situation there. Right. So is that okay for him to actually hold on to this idea, to this label for this long? It has been 30 years now, and he still says yeah, that. I, am I do. I, th- I think it's important for, for us um, to remember. It, it's almost uh, humbling, right? Um, to, yeah. to remember where you came from, right? So yes, mm. I am love. I am, you know, I am an alcoholic. So I have to... I have to be careful um, because those slips can happen, right? You want to keep yourself safe from that from and protect it and, you know, surround yourself with, with people who are in line with your beliefs. And those meetings are like a family where, where people are all, you know, they're all in the same boat. They can, they can help lift each other up. And that's where the service piece comes in too, is, is that you're helping one another uh, so if somebody is new there, they have somebody that's been there for 30 years, that's somebody they can look up to and they can they can ask advice, they can ask how they did it, right? So he he's an inspiration for that person. Um, I think yeah, that's yeah. an interesting perspective. It's great to hear from you because I didn't understand him the last time and I still don't. So that's good that I can open my own mind when it comes to that. And I don't keep telling him, no, you are infinite. <laughs> you are limitless. You are pure. You're not an alcoholic. Because <laughs> I keep though, saying that I, to him. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I agree with you 100%. But I think um, when it comes to that body-mind connection, we need to uh, keep that surrender piece. It's a, almost a safety net. Ah, so that's what it is. Right. And it feels like that, actually. Intuitively, I... When I hear him, I think, wow, he's so humble because he really talks that. I feel it's a feeling. I mean, he talks that way, but of course, not everyone would interpret that way. It's just, they wouldn't, some people might think, my, my husband thinks it's just uh, what he is too, but I don't feel that way. And at the same time, I feel like that he's being humble, right? And you said surrender. That's what is happening there. This, wow. That's powerful because it's true. The body-mind to me, it's almost like an elephant. <laughs> it's so <laughs> heavy. And, you know, to get it to do something, we need to train it. There's a lot of training behind it. Because oh, there's, sure. right, there's no way we can get the body-mind to do, let's say, spiritual work, meditation all the time, if it's not trained. It, it won't do it. Or not to, you know, engage with the, the substances that we are addicted to in, in whatever way or whatever it is. It's not easy. So I understand that. The surrender is really, really interesting. That I never thought it that way. So thank you for that enlightenment. <laughs> my pleasure. Another thing that, something else that caught my attention, I have some notes here about your book, tons of them. But before that, I read something in your bio. It says, Belle has always been guided by spirit, but it wasn't until her mother's passing that she became fascinated with angel numbers. So talk to me about your mother and the connection you had with her. And this after her passing, which to me is just another change. Life and death is one and the same. So it's just another movement. Talk to me about the experience of her energies. Uh, She's beautiful. Um, So uh, when she passed, I began seeing repeating numbers, the same numbers everywhere I turned. So it was always two, two, two. And so I kept uh, trying to figure out and trying to understand. So a lot of this, you know, it's 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 just these things that I've learned along the way and, and the answers that I've seeked, like yourself, just seeking for for the answers. And and so the more research I did, the more 
common I found out that it was. And so together with her, uh, we wrote the book. And so, uh, yeah, I came to understand that she was communicating with me through these numbers. And she still does. She still does. Um, and it's wonderful. And I love it. She communicates in all kinds of ways with signs. And it's beautiful. I love it. And so that inspired me to write that book. And I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm not alone in this. I'm not alone in addiction. I'm not alone in any way at all. Uh, we, we all share these same life experiences. And so we should talk about them and and figure out how we can grow from it and blossom from from the inside out, right? Oh, wow. but, yeah, her energy is vibrant and she's mm. she's with all the time. Uh, and yeah, we, we wrote that. I really feel like we wrote it together. Yes, how wonderful. And of course, that's something that is very familiar with, the, the language of communication with people who have passed. That's, I interview a lot of people and I also had my own experiences, of course. But not only people who passed around me, and I, I also feel guided by, I would say, ancestors. Some people say that those are ancestors, people that came before me. Because we all like, it seems like we are multiplicity, aren't we? We can't find a fixed self anyway. So we are like pieces of everything. So yeah, I do feel that too, Belle. And beautiful to see this confirmation because sometimes we think that we are just kind of, we are out of, out of line with logic when those things happen. You're like, oh, it's, this doesn't, doesn't make sense. Most people won't believe it anyway. They'll just brush it off, which it is the case. But I think most people, all of us actually have these experiences. They are called mystical experiences spiritual, mystical, we all do, but the problem is that we, we ignore them. And I wonder why do we live in a brain-oriented, brain-operated kind of world? Is that what it is? I think so. I think you're right. We're not living from the heart a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you feel that way too, right, Belle? Because that's, yeah, that's my feeling too. Even when I have conversations here, I see that... Uh, I can tell like right away <laughs> when it's coming from the brain only, not the heart. Right. You can. It's it's and people are very intelligent and they they have a lot of interesting things to share, but you can definitely tell when it's uh coming from the brain and not the heart for sure. Yes, yeah. Would you I know this is not part of the conversation really, but I'm curious about it. What are some of the ways to identify that? Like how can you recognize that? I think a lot of it. Do you mean like the signs? And yeah, the, the brain. Yeah, brain and heart kind of uh, oh, communication. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, expression. Um, hmm, I, I think a lot of it is body, right? You can, or even just hearing it in the voice. Um, you can almost hear somebody either remembering something that they have learned, yes. or mm. they are just speaking fluidly from their heart. Yeah, that's one of the ways, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know if I could explain. It's just uh uh yeah, there's um hmm, I'm trying to think now because I became curious about th- this these things, but there's uh it's almost a structure. Ah, structure. There's more structure, right. That is true. It's not really it, it doesn't allow itself to be all over the place. <laughs> right? <laughs> <That's true. laughs> because I see myself often all over the place. <laughs> Yeah, myself too. Right? And a lot of times when I talk to people, it's not really, when I engage with anyone, it's always in that moment, what matters to me, like what's true here. And I'm not really interested with the heart, whatever it means, not interested in anything that, let's say, in the memory, that comes from memories or anything that, I don't know. It's almost like anything that's trying to be, clever with trying to use even words that they sound fancy and I remember doing that that's because well I can't say that now I guess because at some point in my life I was so kind of disconnected that I went intellectual intellectual all the way intellectual so I really read a lot of books and I was speaking really well I remember using all these fancy words and all and I was a personal trainer in New York and, and people were impressed and, and I had lots of people around me but then I was so unhappy. I was so, I was not really, I was, I was so disconnected. And then I feel now that after doing the work I'm doing now, has been almost for 10 years, automatically all those things, 
I lost interest in them and they, they dissolved. I'm not looking for fancy words to express myself. <laughs> it's just like, okay, there's love here. Great. Kindness, love. That's the way to express myself. <laughs> now yeah, with definitely. fancy words. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's okay to use those words. It's yes. okay to use anything, just speak from the heart. Yes, sure. right, right. Some people do use fancy words and you can tell that it's just natural to them. Maybe, well, whatever it is, but they're coming from the heart. That's true. But there's a tendency of um, the brain, brain-oriented or people who are just operate from the brain only that to do that, almost trying to sound good. <laughs> that's what it is. Will be yeah, very structured, as you said. There's a lot of structure there. It's yeah. very, very fixed. I think, I think that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like <laughs> that's what I, I uh, my observations, but who knows? It might be, maybe I have to talk to somebody who specializes in that brain heart communication <laughs> of expression. So let's go back to your book. <laughs> Play the tape. So I want to mention that I love the word play. So that caught my attention immediately too in your book. Oh, playfulness. That's great. Yeah, play the tape is um, basically, and when we think about, like for example, an addict, if they think about picking up, um, and if they, you know, at that moment they're going to feel good, they're going to feel, you know, life is great. But then if they play that tape forward and think about what comes after that, what are the, um, what are the results of picking up and using uh, drugs or alcohol? what results, right? It might be good at first, you might be sitting on a patio having a cold drink. But for an addict, that one drink turns into a lot more than one. And the results are not good. And so when you play that tape forward, you remember why you stopped drinking in the first place. Ah, yes. Or using drugs. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So it's almost a reminder, right? It's a reminder of what could happen or what will happen, really. Yeah, more what, yes, definitely. What would happen? Yeah, and this is something that it's done by, I know this is a practice and you have lots of um, techniques and ways that you guide uh, people to do that. Would that be something that you actually record? Would that be helpful to record those, a message like that on, on a tape recorded, like voice recorded and then and then play to yourself. I, was, I just thought about that when I saw it too, play the tape, like being something that's actually the actual tape of... Yeah, yeah. Uh, that might be hard to capture, right? Especially for somebody who stopped drinking or, or using drugs. Um, but I mean, that would work. That would, you know, if I see, even when you see an, a picture from that time, it's, it can be uh, very heart-wrenching. Yes. Oh, even a picture, that would help in a way. It's basically memory. It's utilizing memories, right, uh, Belle, from that time. So you, in the book, you say five simple steps to recovering from an addiction. So number one, meetings, two, sponsor, three, literature and step work, and then four, home group, and then service. And this is all based on the 12 steps program is it or this is something of your own uh it, it comes from this 12-step program those are things those are important aspects that you want to incorporate in your life right those those meetings like we talked about earlier uh, are very important uh, for yourself and to help others and that can you know service can tie into that too you can be doing service positions that that not only helps you to stay clean but it also uh, makes you feel better about yourself. It starts. You start to live by spiritual principles. You're you're putting a hand out to help other people, so that's really important as well. Yes, yeah, I can imagine that being a huge part of it. Service, and then you also. Uh, I don't know where I picked this up, but he said in the book you say stop blame, take suggestions, be grateful. So stop blame. You say take responsibility for our recovery is the greatest tool in our kit. When we accept responsibility, we can maneuver through the five steps. So taking responsibility, that's the that's a powerful one. That's true. Is it connected to acceptance? Are they together? Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, when I when I was sick, I was blaming everybody else for for why, why I, why I would drink, why I would do this. It was always somebody else's fault. It was because of somebody else. But 
when it comes down to it, it's nobody else's fault but my own, right? I chose to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there came to be a point where I no longer had a choice I needed to, to use to survive. But um, in the beginning, there was always a choice. And then once you get to that point, the choice becomes recovery, right? So if you don't choose mm-hmm. to get better, that's on you as well. Mm-hmm. But nobody else. That's true, Belle. Isn't it? It's very easy, right, to blame others when we are going through tough times. But that's actually the, it's natural. I would say it's a natural kind of response until we learn that it's not a healthy one. So it's, um, yeah, to me, it felt natural to just blame my parents for everything in the very beginning. It is natural, especially when you're a child and you're going through like that, that's, that's a whole nother situation, right? Yeah. You can't blame yourself for that and you shouldn't. Mm. Um, yeah. But, you know, at the same time, we are responsible for our healing no matter what we've been through. Yes. At some point we need to come to that understanding, right? That's our own responsibility to, to take the next steps. I, I absolutely agree because it has been my own experience as well. And then... Uh, you say there's something else. So yeah, how to reset in your book. I don't want to disclose the entire book here, but I do mm-hmm. have those. I think those are key only. Your those uh, key points. So hopefully I'm not disclosing everything. But uh, how? Fine. Yeah, what caught my attention? This one said how to reset the five filters in your life to create a growth mindset. So talk to me about what growth mindset is and those five filters if you can perhaps three of those filters so you just you want to reset your mindset right like for me treatment was a very big part of that process i needed to get better there um i needed to be without my phone be without my without the external elements but we need to get back to ourselves we need to find gratitude we need to open our hearts up and and stop blaming the world and take our own responsibility, but just, and heal, choose to heal, choose to love. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. And you know, it's um, an interesting thing to see how, I guess the question for you is, what are the signs that we are um, not healed? Uh, besides addiction, I know that's an obvious one when people start engaging with substances and other things, but... What are some of the most subtle kind of uh, signs of that we need healing per se, Val? Uh, I think I think we self pity can be one of them when we're feeling sorry for ourselves. And you know, granted, there are reasons to to feel sorry for yourself, right? You've been through a lot, and I think if we can change our perception and change our mindset into thinking. Yeah, I've been through a lot and look at look at where I am today. I'm standing and I am love. I am growing. I can do this. I've gotten through that. I can do this. Uh, or you can feel bad for yourself and you know, blame other people and do that. But I think and I think that's one of the ways we can see that somebody isn't healed is if they're, you know, in self-pity and blaming the world for where their life is. That's true. And would you say that the, those are also some of the factors that will influence them to become addicted to something. In your book, you actually mm-hmm. mentioned that too, the five factors that influence the likelihood of addiction. Are Definitely. Those, they are, right? That makes a lot of sense to me because it was exactly what I was doing too. <laughs> a lot of blaming, no, tons of that, lack of self-acceptance. I couldn't accept um, what happened and the way I was at that time. So interesting to see self-pity was a big one, right? Mm-hmm. So let's see another, something else that caught my attention. So the, the way to stop going back to the blame game, so the, because that seems to be like a, a huge part of uh, the unhealthy kind of way of coping with problems, which it is normal, right? As you said, and I agree. But in the ways to stop that, uh, you mentioned gratitude. So gratitude is one of them. Uh, are there, what are the other, some other ways that we can recognize that we are blaming? Would you say that spirituality actually, in my case, was going straight to spiritual understandings and knowledge, which led me to self-discovery, self-knowledge, self-understanding and self-everything until the non-self. <laughs> 
to the point, oh, oh there's yeah. nobody here. <laughs> Definitely. You have to live by spiritual principles, right? We, you know, and anything good is a spiritual principle in my mind, right? If you're helping someone, you're living by spiritual principles. If you're, if you're making a difference in the world, um, you know, seeing things through a, a brighter light, um, but gratitude is huge. I mean, there's so much to be grateful for. And when you start to think these negative thoughts, you replace them with good thoughts, you know, and, and once you start to get used to it, when they, when they creep in, you can, you can catch them and then you replace it with five or three good thoughts and think about what you're grateful for. There's always something to be grateful for. That is true. Yeah. Gratitude is a big one. And I guess the, the reason why that's one of my practices anyway, it's almost like natural to me. It feels natural anyway. But before I remember being grateful, um, I think because my mother used to say that she was very violent. And then um, she would say that, no, be grateful because I do this, this, this for you. And she would name the things that she had done for me. You know, the good things, like you have a house, you have clothes, food, after she gave me a beating or something. So I guess that distorted the, the, the idea of gratitude, I remember. Because from, for many years, yeah, I thought there was, no, I, I cannot buy into that again. You know, this idea of being grateful for other people because they do certain things. But that's because it was distorted, of course, given the situation. But gratitude, I absolutely agree. It's a powerful, I actually changed a little bit the word. I used to say gratitude. Now I say appreciation for some reason. It might be because of that trauma anyway <laughs> that Definitely. I changed. But appreci appreciation, same thing, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and if, if that's a better word for you, and I'm sure you're not, I know you're not alone in, in going through that experience, right? And we, I've, you know, I remember hearing that as a child too. I didn't go through the abuse uh, like that, but um, be grateful for this. Be grateful for that, but be great, you know, appreciate everything. Yes, right. And even the love piece too, Belle, like when, you know, I do this because I love you when they are very violent, but they say they are trying to protect you. That's why I'm doing this. So I have heard that throughout my life too. And that's why my, let's say intuitively, the energies was just asking me to go within and trust my own self, my inner self, and, and stop trusting the, the outside world and people and all that. Of course, that was just kind of um, a phase to get me out of the dark place. But then now it's completely different. I'm very much open. It's almost like there's no need to protect myself. That doesn't make sense anymore. Oh, I agree. I don't... Uh, you You... When you, when you become part of, when you understand that connectedness and you understand that you're part of the divine, you fear is, it disappears. It, it's no, you don't fear the unknown. You don't fear the next step. It's, it dissolves. Yeah. It's replaced by love. Yes, that's it. It's replaced by love. Right. Which is all inclusive. That's what, that's my idea of love, uh, my understanding. That includes everything. It doesn't leave anything out. So the dark and the light. So how wonderful. Thank you so much for your presence in this reality. And what are you doing? It's, uh, it's very much needed in that sense, from that perspective, <laughs> that there are, uh, are other people there that need to hear these messages. Thank you, Belle. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been so nice talking with you. Uh, I could talk for hours with you. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> so we are almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything that you left unsaid, perhaps questions that I didn't ask or read a passage in your book? Uh, I I think that you asked all the right questions. Um, I just want to thank you for, for doing this and for bringing light to the world you uh, it's a similar situation for both of us we both want to take our experiences and help others grow and i love that and uh, you are also making such a difference in this world oh my god thank you yeah thank you for the recognition of basically seeing in me what is in you <laughs> that's <laughs> what it is we are recognizing one another right that wonderful essence that never was always with, with us anyway it never left us so before we say goodbye, I do have the ending questions and I have too many here. So I'll choose 
two of them to ask you before I ask you the technical question about where to find you. So I guess I'll ask you this one. How do you define success these days, Belle? Uh, for su- success for me is seeing other people's, other people's growth, seeing them find enlightenment, find their connectedness with, with, with everything, with everyone, with the divine. Um, for me, that's, that's success. Yes, sounds very much like it. it's a beautiful definition. And is that my other question is about freedom. So would you say that your description of success would be the same as freedom or somewhat different? Um, somewhat different. I think that freedom is, I mean, it's similar. I think that it is also finding, finding your connectedness, but it's also letting things go. I think that's a big piece as well is, is, is being able to, okay. So we talk about a connectedness, but there's also, if we can separate ourselves from our past a little bit, it's always a part of us. And yes, it made us who we are today, but there's also a time to just let it go and, and be present. Mm, Wow. That sounds wonderful to me and really resonates true. Right. Just being here now, right. Present to what is present. Yes, I love I love that piece that you added there <laughs> to freedom. <laughs> Thank you so much again for sharing timeless wisdom. As I said to you, perhaps off record, I have this enormous uh, devotion to depth, anything that has to do with going deeper within ourselves and finding what is there that never left us, that the mind has left it, <laughs> but it never left us. So thank you so much again for your presence. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And before we say goodbye for today, where's the best place to find more information about you, Belle, in your books? Um, you can go to Belle at Belle, or sorry, that's my email, <laughs> bellemotley.com. Uh, and the books are also found on Amazon or, or my website, bellemotley.com. And then there's also, the books are on there as well, but you can also connect with me there too. Ah, wonderful. I'll have those links on your podcast profile, the Amazon links to the book or the books, and then I'll have also your website. Thank you again, Belle, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Okay, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Belle Motley and her work, please visit bellmotley.com. more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.